0: Thank you, Pastor. I also want to say a lot of things, but it's hard to find the words. But I just want to take this time to thank this church for becoming our family, me and my family's family. Um, We thank this church for um, taking us in when we came from the Philippines. It wasn't easy for me. To just leave Philippi- Philippines and come here, but this church has easily bec- become my family, and I want to thank Pastor and Sister Kat for all your leadership, your support. I want to thank everyone in this church, and I will cherish all the friendships and the bonds that I've I've create. Uh, I've made in this in this place. And I just want to give honor to my parents as well. I wouldn't be here without their sacrifice, all that they've done. And I don't want to keep mentioning names, but I just my heart is just overflowing with gratitude for this family. And I'm going to miss you all. <laughs> um this Will be my last preaching, and everybody say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay, Pastor said I can say anything I want, <laughs> but I believe that God wants to speak to us this morning. His presence is already in this place, and let's just allow Him to move in this place. Amen. Let's just open in prayer. Lord, we thank you for. Your presence that's already strong in this place. Lord, we know that you want to speak to us, Lord God. We are your body. We are your church, Lord Jesus. And you want to edify. You want to challenge us, oh God. And you want to, Lord, show us, Lord, how mighty you are, Lord Jesus. How great you are. And I pray that you would have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could turn to your Bibles in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And before you came forth out of, out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee. This morning, I just want to preach from the thought the same God. In the book of Genesis, we find the account of creation, where God spoke the universe into existence, the day and the night, the sky and the waters, the land and the trees, the flowers and the animals, and the first man and the first woman. God spoke, and there was. Here we see his authority, his power, and his glory, displayed by the majesty of what he has done and who he is, the beginning. He was there before anything ever was. The Bible says the earth was formless and empty, the darkness was covered the darkness covered the deep waters, then God said, Let there be, and there was. Scripture says all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He is the first, he is the beginning, the creator of all things. And when someone is the creator, and because he is the creator, therefore he is the one with authority over his creation. He is the sovereign or the supreme ruler of that creation. But even though he is our creator, the sovereign one, the one who is above all, he is not far from us. He is not the same as the rulers of this world who waves from afar, who do not know your name. He is near to us. When God called Jeremiah to become the prophet of Judah, he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you. I know these words, these were the words of God to Jeremiah, but it is the same for all of us. He knew every single one of us, even before we were conceived. He was the one who formed or fashioned us. He was there before us, and he was there in our beginning. And the same God who created the heaven and the earth is the same God who created me and you. And because he is our creator, we can echo the words of the psalmist in Psalms 139. You know my down sitting and my uprising. You understand my thought afar off. You compass my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways, for there is not a word in my tongue. But lo, O oh Lord, you know it altogether, we've heard that this morning. He sees it all. The God we serve is above all that is in the world. He is the ruler of all he created, even over those who reject him now, who reject him now. There will come a time that the whole world will know that only He is Lord over all. He is sovereign, but He is never far from those who love and pursue Him. He knows your name. He knows whatever you are going through right now. And He knows your thoughts and your desires. And verse 6 of the same chapter says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too high I cannot attain to it. The psalmist was saying, I don't understand how, could, how you could know everything about me. And then it goes on to the next verses. For you have possessed my reign. You covered me in my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my substance. Yet being unperfect, in thy book all my members were written. Which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! And I just want to read the same verses again in the New Living Translation. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And how precious are your thoughts about me. They cannot be numbered. The same God who created the beautiful landscapes of this earth is the same God who made everything about me in my mother's womb. This is truly amazing and too complex for the human mind to comprehend. And as a result, the world had created many other scenarios of how everything was created. Humanity tried to take something we cannot comprehend and made it look comprehensible in their, own, in their minds, in terms they feel like they understand. David is one of God's greatest pursuers. I didn't know Sister Emma was going to talk about David and Absalom this morning, so I'm going to take that as well. He was named the man after God's own heart. In Psalm 63, if you could turn there with me. This chapter shows us a great example of David's character. As the one who pursues or follows hard after God even in time of difficulty in his life. Psalm 63 one says, God, you are my God, early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see your power and your glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. My soul follows hard after thee, and thy right hand upholds me. Bible scholars believe that David wrote this psalm, the time when his son Absalom rebelled against him to usurp his throne. Absalom wanted to kill David and make himself the king of Israel. So David fled into the Judean desert with his subjects and army and wrote this psalm while he was in in the wilderness. This could be one of David's greatest trials being a fugitive because of his own son. We've heard it this morning. He was betrayed by his own son and his own friend. But he penned this psalm and said he desired to see the power and the glory of God where he was in the wilderness. So he went into the sanctuary where he can seek the presence of God. And in verse 8, he said, My soul follows hard after you. And the translation of the Hebrew for the words follow hard means to catch by pursuit, to cling or to cleave. And David, even in his wilderness, cleaved to God. David desired to see his power and his glory, as we've read. And he wanted to exalt his God, to bless him where he is. He said, I will bless you while I live. David seems to say that whatever happens, whether I die or not in this battle, I will still bless you. Whether I live or die in this wilderness, God, I just want to bless you while I live. He knew that God will take care of that. And what's more important to him is to live the rest of his life lifting up the true king. He did not say, I am the king of Israel. You appointed me king of Israel. Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? But instead he said, you are the king of my life and I will worship you in this wilderness. And Second Samuel details how this story ended. That Absalom's army and David's army went to, went to war and thousands of men died, like Sister Emma said this morning. In the end, Absalom was defeated and was killed. And David had the victory over his enemy. And just as God led David to victory, he will also show up for those who love him, those who desire to be in his presence and those who cling to him in the wilderness. The same God who weaved and formed and loved his creation is the same God who longs for his creation to pursue him back. The incredible story of Job gives insight of God's keeping power for those who walk with him. And now if you could turn your Bibles to Job chapter 1. And if you are there, say amen. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God, and eschewed or refrained from evil. And going to verse 6, it says, And now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and strews evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? And thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse you to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand so satan went forth from the presence of the lord and so here we see that god allowed satan to take away job's children servants his animals which was his livelihood but after he received but after job received this news continued he continued to live to live righteously before god job 1 said that job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all these Job sinned not, nor charge God foolishly. And because of this Satan requested that God would allow Job's help to be taken away from him as well then Job will turn away from him. So in Job 2.7, Satan again went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot and to his crown. Then said his wife unto him, Do you still retain thine integrity, curse God, and die? But he said unto her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Speaketh. what shall we receive good at the hand of god and shall we not receive evil and it says in all this job did not sin with his lips throughout job's story he was given wrong counsel his wife said curse god and die and his friends assumed that he was sinful and being punished by god through his circumstances So the scripture says, in all these things, Job sinned not. Even when Job wondered where God was in his suffering, he still encouraged himself that God knows where he was. Job understood that he needed to trust God and that God sees him even when he can't see God. Job 23, 8 says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he does work, but I cannot behold him. He hides himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And even when Job questioned the injustice that was given to him when he did no evil, he repented of this and acknowledged that God can do everything and that no thought is hidden from him. Job chapter forty-two ten says, The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends, and also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. The same God who allows your circumstance is the same God who will see you through it. God, once again, is our creator, but he did not create us just to leave us on our own. Even before we were born, he already knew the things that we will go through in this life. He already saw the things that even your closest family and friends do not know. I was talking to some friends, and we were talking about wherever God takes us, he is already there to meet us. And what an encouragement to know that someone, but not just someone, the sovereign God, walks with me, and he desires to be close to me in every circumstance. These past few months, I have been reminded a lot of a tragedy that happened to my family many, many years ago. Many years ago. I'm not that old. (laughs) I remember the trauma that my family went through, but also the hand of God that brought healing and peace through the years. Even before we were all in this world, he knew these things will happen. And he has given us all we need to see the hope that we have in him and that nothing can take it away from us. John, if you could turn to Revelations 20 from verse 11. John described the judgment before the great white throne in in these scriptures. And verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. One day we will stand before Jesus, and he will be our judge. But the same God who sits on that throne is the same God who will preserve us, blameless for when he comes. When we stay in the will of God, obeying his word and his voice, living uprightly for him in surrender to his will, that is the safest place we can be. Then he will hold our world in his hands until he returns for his church. He is the same God who said even the hair, very hairs on my head are numbered. He is the same God who tells my wanderings and puts my tears in to his bottle the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein and he is the same god who provides my needs our god was there from the beginning and created all things the bible says will god indeed dwell on the earth behold the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him how much less this house that i have built it. Even his heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool, but he is also the same God who desires to sit on the throne of our hearts, the same Spirit that wants to live in us. If you would stand with me this morning, if I can ask Sister Stenka to come to the piano, please. The same God the world is rejecting today is the same God they will bow down to in the end. We all will bow down to in the end. The Bible says his glory shall be revealed. And that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. The same God we worship now, the same God that is in this place is the same God we will worship when he returns. So I encourage you to keep worshiping him, keep living, living for him, and keep trusting him in every circumstance. Hallelujah. Why don't we just lift up our hands and our voices in this place this morning? Hallelujah.